What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Spawn on Me podcast. This is episode 66. I am your host, Cicero Holmes, a.k.a. Stubby Stan, coming to you live out of Bricago. And, well, live for me, at least. And I'm here with my man, my brother, the one, the only. Nah, he ain't here. Forget him. <laughs> um <laughs> Khalif Adams uh, normally would come in and he would say something corny and whack right about now, um, talk about how his ankle is fine. Um, But actually, he is on his way, or actually, right now, he is deeply engrossed in uh, making sure that Bricago is fully represented at the Electronic Entertainment Expo, better known as E3 in L.A., um, do your thing, Kai. Lose, lose some weight, burn some calories, running from one side, oh, man. one side of the convention I'm sorry, center. Kai. I'm, I'm sorry, Kai. I don't, I don't have a leash on it, man. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not saying that you need to lose weight. I'm just saying that the spot is is big, and you're gonna be doing a lot of running. I feel, I feel sorry for your feet. Um, I think so, it's going to be yeah, a, you know, a lot of waiting on long lines to, to <laughs> that too, that too, that too. So you know, hopefully he is he is. I have full confidence in Ka that he is going to be able to do the things that he needs to do to make sure that Bricago gets just not only the dopest interviews while he's there. But uh, some wonderful, wonderful guests um, on the back end of E3. Um, and, you know, of course, if Kaz not here or if I'm not here, we've got to make sure that that the one, the only, the minister of no finance, the credit card shaver <laughs> du jour, the the man that makes himself run around the internet he taught uh, Al Gore how to make it he is the one the only ShreveJackson.com Shreve Jackson how are you today sir what's up I'm good man not only am I the minister of no finance this week I'm also the minister of no uh, Obamacare immune system um, because uh, (laughs) I've been sick for about a week and I've been taking, you know, I've I, I have health insurance. I've been, you know, taking like medication and all that. But with the nature of my job, I've had to be in the office because we're going through some crazy stuff on the data analysis side. And uh, it's, you know, because I haven't had time to rest. My sickness has been, you know, going longer than it usually does. So it's like really weird. So I'm also the minister of no health. So. You know, <laughs> oh, wow. So, 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 yeah. So I really, really want to thank you uh, for for coming in and and uh, and really weathering the storm as he sits here and he, he drinks. He's drinking Tussin, y'all. So by the end of the show, That's he right. might sound he, he might sound crazy. He got some right. got some Tussin. Like I'm drinking that scissor. Um, yeah, right. yeah. When 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 he runs out, we put some water in it. Shake it up. More Tussin. More Tussin. Um, and 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 that disembodied voice that you hear uh laughing at all of my poor jokes. Uh he's I think he's trying to butter up the hose. Um is 
is a kindred spirit of sorts. Um, he has uh, he's he's come all the way from the deep the deep deep bowels of uh, of this very special episode of of uh, Spawn on Me. He was um, running and running the vanguard of something that had been going on over the last couple of weeks. Uh, there was a hashtag called uh, Game So White. And he he stopped fighting the Gamer Gators for a little while to come and talk to us. And that is the one and only Mr. Quinn Murphy. Quinn, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing very very well okay. man. Thank you for asking. Sharif doesn't ask me shit. So <laughs> so so thank you very much for for caring about me. Um so yeah, so so thank you. Thank you so much for uh taking your time out taking time out of your busy day and uh and and coming and talking to us about about everything that you're doing and and uh you know just spending some time in Chicago man. We really appreciate that. No, th- th- thanks so much for having me. This is uh, I, I I have tuned in uh, a few months ago, and I, I'm a huge fan. Nice. Um, thank, so. you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. So, uh, before we get into uh, all the great things that we've got going on for the for this episode, and they are uh, numerous, um, the, the you know we've got to go through some obligatory housekeeping, and and first and foremost. Uh, the first piece of housekeeping is uh, thanking you guys, of course, uh, for following the show, for repping the show, for uh, recommending the show to others, um, for getting us to the point where we're on the front page of Overcast FM's uh, gaming gaming podcast. Yes. So we're really excited about that. And it's, you know, it's completely a thanks to, uh, you know, a testament to all all of the good things, that all the good words that you guys are sending out. Uh, on the interwebs, on the Twitters, on the IGs, on the Reddits, um, and the Facebooks. Um, so, yeah, so thanks a lot for that. Um, and then secondly, I want to thank uh, our guests last week for our pre-three, our pre-three of blackness um, that, that, that we had, um, you know, uh, Charles Singletary Jr., uh, you know, he was a, he was a new guy, but a goodie. He felt right at home, and we felt right at home having him around. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Sharif. Of course, came in and added balance and maturity to our collection of misfits. And scholarship, and then a, I, right, I act, scholarship absolutely, absolutely scholarship. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And then, of course, there was Paris Lily. He came along <laughs> too. Um, <laughs> um, big up, big up to Paris. Uh, you know. I, I kid I kid Paris because he knows I love him. Um, I hope you I hope you enjoyed Roscoe's Paris. Um, and you got chicken grease all over your face. Um, so uh, yeah, and and Rosco, Roscoe's uh, Paris Paris and Ka hopefully are hanging out as we speak um, over at E3. Um, they're having a good time. Make sure you guys tweet tweet out at them, and uh, you know tell them tell them we sent you. Um, and, uh, you know, bring back some waffles car or something, you know, mail me some, um, let's see what else we got. We've, Oh, uh, I guess big, big news is that, um, we, we had, uh, a, a rebirth of sorts. Uh, 
here in Bricago. Um, the spawnpointblog.com, uh, it, you know, it served us well for five years, for almost five years. And, um, you know, when, when, when it started, it was the destination for people of color, for people, for marginalized people to get their gaming news and, and get, um, get the information that they needed, uh, that was sorely missing in, in the gaming space. And, um, you know, uh, the, the problem with print media is, or, or print journalism, um, even, even on the web is that it's, it's hard work. And and people don't read it as much. They don't consume it as readily as they used to. And um, even after I joined about a year and a half ago, and it was, you know, it went from Ka doing it by himself to Ka and me doing it. Um, there was, uh, you know, it was it was difficult. It was difficult to to get that stuff going and, and continue to produce fresh content to allow people to keep coming back. And, uh, you know, so we, we, we finally had to close those doors. Um, we, you know, we, we burnt down spawn, the spawn point blog.com. It served us well. It It won awards. Um, and we burned it down and we burnt it down so it could rise like a Phoenix and it has rearisen and have reimagined the new launching place for everything Bricago is spawnon.me. Yes. So you need to go to spawnon.me for everything that you want to know about the Spawn on Me podcast, about the uh the things that we're doing, the things that our friends are doing, the shows that we're guest appearing on, and any of the work that we're that we're ancillary work that we're doing um, that helps benefit uh, the Spawn on Me podcast, benefits Bricago, and then, you know, uh, of course, benefits you, much like the article that uh, that by the time you guys are listening to this will be a little bit old, but is still there on Hit the Pass, that I hit the com and at Hit the Pass on Twitter. Uh, the uh, last week I told you guys that I was uh, contributing to a sports video game uh, website. Uh, called Hit the Pass, and um, my first piece is up there, and I hope you guys get a chance to read it. So uh, go check it out. Um, and I think I think that's it in terms of uh, regular Spawn on Me housekeeping. Um, so we're going to talk about some other housekeeping, or uh, I guess I guess really I missed a chance, an opportunity at a segue. <laughs> because, um, <laughs> because um, you know, while I wrote an article for Hit the Pass uh, that was really good, um, our minister of no finance, our minister of no immune system, Word. Sharif Jackson, wrote a piece for Lee Alexander. Shout out to Lee Alexander. Um, wrote a piece for Lee Alexander's Off World um, called How Hip Hop Can Teach You to Code. Yep. And and, um, you know, I said this to him then and I'll say it again now um, and, you know, make it a matter of public record. Um, It was a fucking brilliant, perfectly constructed article. Thank you. Um, Just amazing, amazing, amazing piece, man. 
really well done. I'm so proud to know you. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for uh, saying that. Because I know you're not just saying that as a friend because you would definitely no. get at me if you thought that it was some BS. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> I definitely appreciate that, man. I I, I put a lot into it, and uh, I'm glad that it's gotten a, a good response. Yeah, I loved it. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Cole. Um and yeah, and 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 the internet really reacted positively to it as well, and and uh, the retweets on it w- went, it 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 went big, man. It went really big. Um. So, and that's just again, this is just a testament to uh, what you were able to put together. And I kind of want to ask you about um the 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 genesis of the story, and you know, and and like how you how you came up with a thesis for that piece. Sure. So, so, so for anyone that hasn't read the piece, um, a quick summary of it is basically that sort of the structure of songs. Now, I use hip hop as as an example, but the but the structure of you know a verse and a chorus and sort of how that can be organized in like different ways, depending on the song. Um, I grew up as a hip hop head, so I always kind of knew that. And like it, it was always a, you know, a in- interesting, interesting thing for me as a kid to see how an MC would use creativity in a song where they're not limited, but they're sort of forced to play in this verse and hook kind of thing. Um, especially in the late '80s, early '90s, when there weren't a lot right. of people doing these sort of crazy raps like they are now, where they just don't care about like whatever. Um, right. And we don't need no structure, yeah. son. So, like when I first started started getting into programming around college, I noticed that you know the way that you write programs was very similar to the way that I used to write my rhymes. You know, um, so so like the piece just kind of talks about you know sort of the um, the uh, correlations between you know the structure of a hip hop song versus the structure of a program. Um, so I just want to give a synopsis for anybody that you know that like hasn't read it. Um, right on. Uh, yeah. So as far as inspiration, I mean, it was pretty simple. I mean, that's what I experienced. You know, um, right. and it's something that I had always wanted to write about. I just never had the venue for it. Um, I was inspired, though, by reading Maddie Myers' piece on Off World, which is a few weeks ago, um, that talked about how she read, like, classical sheet music. Um, and, like, uh, she's, she's, like, in a band now. And she, and, and she said that, that that helped her in terms of, like, understanding um, code and, and that kind of stuff. So I was like, hey, you know, I had a similar experience w- with, like, hip-hop. So I can't... can't contacted Lee Alexander and like she was like yeah I would love to you know I'd love to to check it out so so I wrote it up um and you know I'm glad that it resonated with 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 a lot of people because a lot of people that I follow on Twitter I have very specific communities I have people that follow me for science stuff I have people that follow me for video game stuff I have people that that just like follow me for like I don't know black stuff I guess you would say Um, and it was interesting to see all these people that i didn't think a hip-hop centered piece would resonate with um you know it did so i think it kind of had you know a a universal appeal beyond what i thought it would (laughs) wow 
Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it. I mean, what that what that shows is that uh, not only does uh, to coin a hip hop phrase, real recognize real, but uh, you know, talent is undeniable, and and truth is undeniable. Mm-hmm. Um, although you would, you know, there are there are certain people out there, especially within this country, that would argue the point that truth is undeniable. Right. Um, so, Quinn, do you have any questions about the piece? Is there anything that I you mean, want to I ask? I mean, uh, like, I, I mean, to me, it was it was just really great. Like, as as someone who's a hip hop fan, who you know, um, by day I'm a, a sysadmin. Um, do coding stuff like that like you know it just sort of you know it was just like a perfect like it was just like all my like little sort of like geeky touch points being lit up at once like my geek board was just like a christmas tree ling, right? like, <laughs> like all things i love like this is just going to make me happy and so it's just it's one of those pieces that you just read it honors all the right themes in all the right ways um, and connects them, and so you just have to like your only real response at the end of that is just to have like a big grin on your face, which I, I did. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, as, so you know, I want to I, I, I want to uh, uh, you know, this might be a little presumptive, but I want to as a guest grab a title for myself. I want to be the minister of ingratiation and sort of like <laughs> <laughs> gush, basically gush about your piece. Wow, this is a Bracago <laughs> first, demanding a minister. It is <laughs> live on right, show. Right, exactly. I like it. Right, exactly, exactly. I like it. Wow, you it's it's yours. It is yours forever. That's what's up. You got to demand those minister spots, people. You know, right, right. <laughs> They're going fast. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah but again, no, man, I'm, it, I'm glad that you uh, said that, Quinn, because yeah, I um. When I was writing it, you, you know, because, yeah, I've always kind of lived this life where I've kind of had these mm-hmm. loves in multiple places that don't always, mm-hmm. I guess, people don't expect them to intersect. Yeah. So when I wrote that, I felt like it was a great chance to show people that, you know, I can be in this nerdy space. I can be in this hip hop space. I can be in this gay space all simultaneously and they can all right. correlate and and as you said, it can light up all my sort of, you know, all my lights in my brain and just make me happy. Um, yeah. You know, and, and like, I think a lot of people, you know, even if they're not in the, in the spaces that I am, they kind of feel like they're in these places that they don't think can intersect or they can't, or they feel like they can only talk about one thing at a time or something Mm -hmm. like that. So, um, one piece of feedback that I heard a lot about the piece was that people were saying that, yeah, like, you know, they really appreciated that about how, you know, it showed these different parts of one person and like how it's not these separate things. Like I can only speak hip hop to some people and, you know, code other people right. and that kind of stuff. So, but right. you know, it's, it's, and it's such a funny theme, like, cause there's like, you know, especially sort of like, and everyone's got like their own variations of this, but like, you know, I'm black, so I can, I'm going to speak to to what I know. And as sort of a black man, I've always felt this constant, this sort of conflict of sort of like there are these weird partitions that folks who really otherwise don't have anything to do with you like expect you to go through and like and like have and like set up within your own self even. And you're just like, wait, what? What? Right? Like you know, like you know, people would like. I remember like when I was younger, all the time. You know, it's like I was, you know. It's, 
like just really into like D and D, you know, and then people be like, Oh yeah, and that right. crappy rap music, like, you know, like I'd be okay with that. And I'm like Right. Well, I didn't I didn't right, sign right, up for that. Right. right? <laughs> like, you know, right. you know, I was just like right. you know, I'm like, you know, you yeah. you try and get in the way of my NWA or my day law and we're gonna we're gonna scrap forever. Right. right? Like, you know, it's right. like I'm gonna take my funny funny looking dice and I'm gonna take my hip hop tapes, right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna grab right. them both, and you're not gonna take them from me, right? Um, you <laughs> right. know, it, and and like people see them as these separate things, but it's like, and it's weird too because if you even know about hip hop, it's like hip hop is so cerebral, yeah. Like you know, like you can go right. so many levels with it. It's it's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, wow. Uh, I mean. Look at that! It, it, I I feel like we've we've definitely found the kindred spirit in, in Quinn, um, you know, on on so many different levels. Um, so yeah, so like I I, I really appreciate this conversation. And I really appreciate uh, what uh, what what Reef is doing. Reef's doing everything, and in fact, um, one of the other things that Reef is doing is. Uh, his hashtag gaming looks good. I, you know, actually, Reef. Before I even even get into what we're about to get into, um, I was talking to a friend of the show, uh, Matt Lancaster. Links a lot. Host of the More Than Bits podcast. Make sure you guys go and check that out. And uh, he was asking me about some things, and and I said, oh yeah, you know, maybe you should talk to Reef about it. But or, or he asked if if Reef would be interested, if you would be interested in doing something. And I was like, well, he's doing uh, his podcast and he's always on our podcast and he's doing Gaming Looks Good and he's writing these things. I think he's an android because I don't think he sleeps. Like, do you are you are you in fact a human being or do you just kind of like plug in? I have night? a I have a charging the- station that I got off Craigslist. Uh, okay you know that right. that i just stand up in um no actually right. one thing that i've found out about you know as as i've hit my mid-30s now is how important sleep is like it yes sir. in my 20s i would just go hard and sleep two hours and be good and do whatever but yes. now it's like if i don't sleep well if i try to write something i'll be off if if i try mm-hmm. to play a video game I'll be off you know if if I try to do anything I'll be off so I definitely um value sleep a lot more now um but I think that yeah. what I've gotten much better at is scheduling my time to be able to to do all this stuff um and just making those sacrifices and like l- letting people close to me like my girlfriend know what I value and just not trying to hide and be like, yeah, like, you know, I, I have all this time. I'm like, nah, like, this is what's happening. You know, let's do some stuff, <laughs> but, you know, right. I'm not going to not do this stuff. Like, you know what I mean? So, right. so um, yeah, it's, it's like I, I've gotten a lot better at that part of it. Right. Uh, that's, 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 it reminds me of, and this is a deep, deep cut. Um, so it reminds me of, a square one vignette um if if anyone remembers uh square one on pbs and uh there was a there was a song called eight percent of my love and um he only had the guy the guy sang about all of the different loves that he had in his life 
and his girlfriend had was able to get eight percent of the love that he had left. That was all he had left. So that's pretty mean. So he she got she got eight percent of his love. So I feel like Reef well, definitely is not telling Reef. her that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love you, baby. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but but uh, you know, speaking of time, uh, it is time right now for us to. Um, uh, you you were gracious enough to give us a promo of uh, gaming looks good, and um, you know, and your series. For those of you in Bricago who haven't been paying attention to it yet, um, and, and I know that Bricago is becoming a larger and larger city as the weeks go on, and we're really appreciative of, of that. And I think that if you guys appreciate the things that we do, you'll appreciate the things that Sharif Jackson does. And you're going to hear a little bit about it right after this. What's up, y'all? This is Sharif Jackson, host of Gaming Looks Good, a YouTube series where we focus on diversity in video games, race, gender, and sexuality. Check out the full archive of videos at GamingLooksGood.com. Reef, that was great, man. That was really fantastic. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so why don't you talk about uh, both what uh, the current gaming looks good is, and I guess, or the by the time people are listening to this, the previous one. And, of course, they can go to YouTube.com, Sharif Jackson, or they can go to SharifJackson.com. Yep. And find all of the uh, find a link to all of the gaming looks good videos. Um, but talk about the previous one, and then talk about the one that will be up really soon. Sure. Uh, so the latest one I did is on Assassin's Creed Chronicles China, um, and the basics behind the series is I take one game and I spend about ten to twenty minutes just looking at you know issues of race, gender, and sexuality in the game. So it's not like a review. It's not like a you know. A, five-star review or anything like that it's really just looking at that stuff so the game could be good the game could be bad um i really just want to focus on that so with assassin's creed it was really interesting um to see that you know the game had a female protagonist which is awesome and she definitely had some badass scenes um but i found that the game still did a bad job representing women in every other way <laughs> um it's almost like yes. assassin's like uh ubi basically took a regular assassin's creed game put a woman in it and didn't change anything else um you know which to me it's like kind of like checking off the box and not and not really thinking about you know like the rest of the game so you know and like i go into right. a lot of the de- the details behind that in the video um but that's kind of the the synopsis of it um sure the next one that i do is going to be on uh sunset uh which is recent game by uh tale of tales um and it covers a um african-american housemaid um that is um the uh housemaid of a a person's house that is uh, participating in a uh, revolutionary war um in a uh in a uh, country um so it kind of goes through her interactions in terms of kind of cleaning up 
after this person and like how you know maybe she takes a part in some of the activities that are going on in this war maybe she doesn't like it's it's really cool how it unveils itself um and and it's 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 a it's a really great game um so definitely looking forward to putting that video together i'm kind of in the uh final stages of like syncing everything together and i have an appointment scheduled actually um with the uh voice actress um of the uh lead um uh, of the lead character angela so uh tina marie murray um who's the voice actress um i'm gonna have some uh audio from her that i'm gonna slide into the video so um yeah you know um, it's just, she, wow. she just does an excellent job. Um, and definitely look out for that video. Um, I would say probably the easiest way to get to them is either to go to gaming, gaming looks good.com, which will bring you to the section of my okay. website that's dedicated right to the videos. Um, or Word. if you're on Twitter, if you follow at gaming looks good, um, that also has all the videos oh, yeah. on there as well. Um, I I created th- that Twitter account because I would post a video in my main account and then it would get overwhelmed by you know talk about right. black people getting killed by the police. Uh, so yeah, you know so, that that happens every now and yeah, then. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, so I uh, so I s- <laughs> split it off into its own account. So just go to at gaming looks good on Twitter and uh, right, right make that happen. Um, yeah. So when when do you think that? Uh, that video, the new video, will post. Um, it 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 should post early next week. Um, so okay. hopefully right before E three. Um, my uh, okay. exclusive the the minister of no finances uh birthday. Uh, yes, is burr, 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 burr. June fifteenth. Um, that is correct. That is that is Monday, the day before this episode Monday. airs. Monday. So a- actually, E three is a celebration of my birthday. Nice. Um, that is correct, sir. So I'm hoping to have this up um, before or 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 on my birthday. Um, you know, so um, that's the idea is to do like a, the interview with uh, Miss Murray on a on a Saturday, and then like do all the editing on. Uh, on Saturday evening and Sunday and then get it up. So. All right. All right. Um, I like the way that sounds. That is fantastic. The NBA. Um, fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so thanks a lot, Reeve, for, for all of that stuff. And thank, you know, again, man, you work super hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only do you work hard on those videos, you work hard on everything that you do. And, and I, I, you know, not only do you work hard, but the things that you produce are quality things. And I think, um, w- you know, we should go out of our ways to make sure that we we support uh, people that do good, hard work. And you definitely do good, hard work. So, um, Thanks. Uh, yeah. So people, please go out and go to Gaming Looks Good. Uh, follow the follow the Twitter handle at Gaming Looks Good, and uh, then you'll be you'll be set. You've got everything that you need to see the next the up and coming videos. Um, and speaking of uh, people that work hard at at what they do, um, I would be remiss if we didn't spend some time 
talking to our our true guests. Not to say that Sharif Jackson isn't a, isn't a guest, but he he really isn't a guest. Um, he's a guest that's here all the damn time. Uh, he's he's the Urkel of our family matters. Um, <laughs> but the very special guest this week is the one and only uh, Mr. Quinn Murphy. Um, uh, Quinn, I guess you know we got a little bit uh, a, a history behind uh, who you are. You are a sysadmin like like myself. Um, we kind of talked. We kind of talked about this book forecast, and I talked about this. I think I talked about this on Game of Thrones. Um, but I'll ask you again on the cast um, th- this question that I've I've spent some time thinking about. Um, I have been a sysadmin for almost twenty years. Mm-hmm. I have never once worked with another black sysadmin. Nope. Have you? Nope. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, ever. Uh, you know, and it, it, but the, the interesting thing too is just like it's just like I mean, it's it's weird. It's you know, I, uh, when we were talking about it before, cats are sort of like I think there's this sort of like black sysadmin Highlander kind of rule, <laughs> you know, and then it's like, you know, and then if you think of it in that context, because, you know, of course I watch too many movies, uh, you know, then you right. get spooked out and you're like, oh my God, are we going to have to like duel to the death? Is it like that? That's why they're not, do we just spread out <laughs> right. to just like, right. like out of like respect and solidarity? Like, you know, hey, yes. we, you know, you know, if you just stay over there, you know, I, I'll, I'll just keep right. my sword and the scabbard, we're, we're cool. Right. You, know, I, right. you know, maybe that's what's going on. Right, your 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 code name is Jaquiel McLeod, and I am Leroy McLeod. So, 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 like, do you guys actually carry swords to work? Like, j- um, just in case you have to have like a Highlander battle with like another black person? Well, you know, no, because I, it. Oh, on, go ahead. No, no go I ahead, man. So I can keep all the weapons in my house that I need. Oh, nice, nice. nice. And, and I I keep my swords at home because even if a black man carries a play sword, he gets shot in the back. So, so, so I can't, you can't cosplay, you can't real play, you can't do any kind of play when you're a black man. Um, so, you know, so our, our sword, our sword is our brain and our thoughts. So there, there it is. Um, so Quinn, um, why don't we, you know, why don't we start from the beginning and why don't you kind of tell Bracago who you are, tell him why you're dope and tell him, you know, why, why you're here. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like tell, tell him about what you do, you know, what you do during the day, mm-hmm. who you, who, you know, what type of superhero you are in the evening, you know, spill, spill all the beans, give all the secrets. Okay. Um, you know, um, so, so like we covered <laughs> by the day, I'm a, I'm a sysadmin, um, you know, um, uh, you know, keep, keep, keep computers safe. Um, and, uh, then I, I also sort of, um, also usually in the, uh, I, I, I do lots of, uh, freelance, uh, or I used to do a lot of freelance, um, uh, tabletop RPG design, stuff like, you know. Uh, D&D and things like that for a few years I ran um, a site um, that uh, if anyone is into uh, 4th ed D&D or was um, a site called At Will um, I wrote which is like a lot of uh, different um, uh, house rules and 
uh, supplements for it. And uh, there was, um, I think one of the biggest themes from it was that uh, we did a lot of stuff with the skill challenge system there. Um, uh, and also um, I did a monster type called uh, World Breakers. Um, and, um, you know, and then we did a bunch of other stuff from there. And uh, then uh, I sort of moved on uh, from that. And uh, I now run a blog called Thought Crime. And, um, you know, I just expanded sort of the range of it and uh, am now working on my own RPGs. Uh, one of the big ones uh, that's in beta right now uh, is called Five Fires, which is a, a hip hop nice. based RPG. Nice. Um, cool. uh, you know, sort of like hip hop, sort of like you, you play a crew of like, um, you know, MCs, uh, graffiti artists, whatever, like right at the sort of golden age, sort of like not right at the very, very inception of hip hop, but right as it's starting to become a right. big thing. Right. Um, you sort right. of make up your own fictional city and sort of have like a series of sort of uh, adventures and um, has sort of rules for making art and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, uh, so, so that, that's a big thing. I've been working on that for a couple of years off and on. Um, wow. And, uh, then, uh, you know, now, now these days I'm, I've sort of taken a summer break from five fires to just work on like a lot of like smaller sort of, um, more accessible, easy to play kind of games. Uh, like one I did is uh, community radio, um, which is, uh, you know, a lot of people have just sort of caught like the welcome to night Vale game. Um, I have right, more influences right. <laughs> than that, but it's, it's, uh, it, it definitely, uh, has some, fair comparisons to it um where you sort of uh play people in this spooky scary town uh or like scary darkly humorous town um and sort of uh detail what's going on there and then make a radio broadcast about it and uh i just finished one called um alone we ride a dust road which is uh, inspired by the latest mad max which uh wow. if you haven't seen it go see it because that's amazing. Go see it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so good. Like, if you haven't seen it yet, what are you doing? Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, you know, so, so like, these days I'm making games, and then, then I'm, I'm, I'm uh, often in the mornings monopolizing people's timeline with whatever random nice. thoughts come to my head. <laughs> um, uh, unbidden and, uh, you know, I, I go on a long, long rants, um, about, you know, uh, games and about representation in games. Um, and you know, some of the work of game design, um, or at, at least as right. I see it. Right. Now I have a, I have right. a, I have a, well, I have a question ahead. about the name thought crime. Now I've, I've read George Orwell's 1984 a number mm -hmm. of times. It's one of my right favorite fiction books of all time. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's a that it's book. a uh, shout out to oh, yeah. thought crimes yes. there. Yes. So mm -hmm. do, can, can you, uh, I guess, tell the people a little bit about how you got the name and like how, yeah. how it fits with the idea of the site? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it's, it's weird. It came coming off of the, my previous site and in the, uh, in the space I was in, I, I just had a lot of thoughts that weren't, that didn't fit into, um, tabletop 
orthodoxy. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I just had this sort of sense of dissatisfaction, not really anyone in particular or anything, just like there was some disconnect. And I, and I knew that the only way that I was going to sort of address it was to just question these assumptions that the stuff is made of and sort of these sort of, you know, pursue these heretical lines of thinking these sort of thought crimes of you know i mean and, and this right. is when it comes down to it you know uh one of the things that make tabletop rpgs very interesting is that they're a very thought-based kind of thing like if you change your mind your thinking you actually changed your game and, and it's it's very cool because like you don't even get that i love video games but you don't get that out of video games like i could change right. my mind about street fighter and I'm still going to get bodied by Johnny, Justin Long, right? <laughs> right. Like, like he's just going right, to right, destroy right. me. Like I haven't changed the way the game works, right? Right. But right. if you change how you think, you've actually changed how an RPG works yeah. because you're putting different. Like the core part of the engine is you. You know, so right. so if I start thinking these crazy thoughts, as sort of like these thought crimes, and that's sort of where it led to. Nice. Nice. Now, do you play? Uh, this is this is kind of an aside. Do you play tabletop board games? Um, you know, not Monopoly, the, that kind of stuff, but like the RPG esque tabletop board games, the really nerdy ones. I mean, I, I have like um, you know, uh, I've played like classics like Talisman and um, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the old school dungeon game and you know um some of the okay. newer D D ones um I've, right. I've played the tabletop ones on hero quest hero quest you have to put hero quest on there in advance hero quest okay, um so right, i right, so i've played right. i've played like you know now, now that i'm enumerating them i've played a lot of them <laughs> not all of them right. uh, because <laughs> they make a lot of them uh but but right but, they do but quite a few um you know i i I, I like board games uh but uh I think my favorite board game right now um, is actually Pandemic, um, which mm. is a, a game where you play uh, medical researchers and rescuers trying to stop a, a virus um, okay. outbreak. And it's a cooperative game. Right. It's, it's a fantastic game. Um, hmm. uh, but the, my problem with board games, I don't have enough people to like really play them with. So I, I don't right. think board that games is... as much board game rpg is a game called betrayal uh of house on the hill yeah yeah and uh that game is a really a lot of fun Mm -hmm. um but again the problem is is trying to find enough people to to play those games uh um i think i think somewhere somewhere on the internet right now jeff canada is smiling really really hard um so yeah shout out shout out to jeff canada um you know, so a second ago you said that you uh, sometimes spend your mornings um, filling people's Twitter timelines with really long um, tweets about representation and um, and and where you think games should be and and you know video games. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, you you spent the earlier part of this week or last week, as as this is recorded. Uh, doing just that, and um, um, our friend and and former guest uh, Evan Narcisse, and and uh, presumably your friend, mm-hmm. uh, took the time to storify one of those, um, 
and uh you know so uh i guess kind of the same question that i asked uh that i asked reef a little bit earlier with his piece what what was the impetus behind creating this one and we'll we'll put it in the show notes if you haven't seen the starify it is amazing <laughs> um and 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 lots of truth um are are spit in 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 this is it's it's almost like a uh like a like a confession uh you know or like you're testifying <laughs> it's it's just it, it really is you know i want to put my hands up and just say yeah <laughs> testify that's, that's real right there right right i mean I, I don't know sometimes sometimes i wake up in the morning um you know I, I mean i have i have a great life um but like sometimes i wake up in the morning and i just have this massive chip on my shoulder and mm-hmm. I sometimes when I get in front of that computer, I basically just don't leave it till that chip is like worn down to like, you know, like it starts off huge, about as big as my head. And I just go <laughs> at it until it goes like down to something like manageable, like a fit in my palm, maybe throw it in the trash later or something, <laughs> um, you know, and and uh, I just woke up with it just like it just the work of. You know, and, and and you guys are in, involved in the work and, and probably a lot of people out there listening are sort of in it, the work and uh, the work of building representation is so difficult and there's so much resistance to it. And like the biggest part is that I, I feel like people don't, you know, and, and myself included, some of it is like almost like an education of myself. It's like I'm talking these things through out loud. Um is sort of where do you start like what what like what should your thinking be before you get right. to representation because people will be like oh it's so hard it's blah blah but it's like but what, what's hard like what are you thinking of like sometimes right. it's hard <laughs> sometimes it's hard because you're like thinking of the wrong problem right you know right. and trying to sort of frame like what the actual problems are so and and, and the actionable problems right because the problems right. can't be right. well a bunch of people are racist well like okay but that are we going to change that by desiring it to not be so you know we can't we can't change people you know so how do we you know a lot of the stuff was just thinking about what the system is and how how to hold the system in your head and how to approach or attack the system to to Mm -hmm. make the change that you need yeah, sure. Now, now, you know, and and I think what you're saying is definitely right. And and you know, a, a lot of a lot of well-meaning people um, can't see the forest through the trees. It's almost like uh, you're sitting around and you're saying there's a problem with world hunger, and 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 people are standing on a street corner talking about we need to solve world hunger, and they're as they're trying to figure that out, there are three homeless people on the street right in front of them that are hungry and you know and they don't feed them so like you start there you you if you see someone hungry you feed them you you know that's that's Mm -hmm. that's how we start that's how you you know that's how you initiate change you don't you know you you don't have to start with uh some type of trickle down diversity 
Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you do have to start from the, from the ground up. But yeah, I, and I, yes, I did. I brought in um, the patron. I, I, I invoke the name of the patron Saint Reagan um, <laughs> because I am a Republican and, mm-hmm. and talked about trickle down economics because it works so well for America. Um, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but, but I guess, so uh, you, you said a lot. And and um, a lot of people retweeted um, both portions of it. And then, of course, when when Evan was was kind enough, shout out to Evan uh, to yes, storify it and 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 put it in one place. It, it really, you know, it really gained momentum. Was there any kind of backlash to what you had? You to know, say? <laughs> not really, because I'll, I'll be honest, like, you know, I mean, some people like bless their hearts, they like go out and they like fight. And they're like arguing with people like all day. Like I don't have an ounce of patience or an ounce of time with that. My block right. hand is my my block hand weighs a ton, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I just I just I, I mean I I like I literally like I see people fight with people I respect, and I just block. Right those people when they like i block them from afar right, right. like i just right. Uh, right. you know I, I i don't need you coming my way yeah like i'm like wow you look like bad news block right like i just i just <laughs> kind of keep people out and i'm sure you know if, if anybody was sort of intense enough they can come find me and occasionally somebody do, does and stuff like that but you know it, it, it's funny i find with these things and you know when i when i got the store i was just like oh my god like what I say, like, you know, like it was like, like <laughs> you know, it was, it was kind of weird, but you know, it's, it, I, I find certain ways of addressing the issues. People who want to attack it really don't have any purchase about it. Cause I was like talking about actionable things that right. you can do. Like, you know, it's like when you say, Hey, there needs to be better representation, you know, then there's like, like, like when you sort of make that statement, it's easy for someone to come in. Oh, diversity is another word for white genocide or like some crazy, something right. crazy, right? They can, right. they can attack your sort of statement. Right. But like, if you're mm-hmm. like, Hey, I think you should like, you know, uh, like build a better, like vocabulary for expressing mythology. Like what, what can your standard gamer gator say to something like that? Well, uh, myth is stupid. Really? <laughs> right? <laughs> like you can't, like they don't really have a lot to, you know, most of them are, are, are passionate, but inarticulate. And I just think he, sure. I, I think, I think they couldn't mount a good argument to something like, like, I just don't think they could talk about something real. Right. You know? So, so what do you what do you say to your opponents who say, well, I had a cogent argument mm-hmm. that I wanted to pose to Quinn, mm-hmm. but the second he saw me coming, he slacked down his blockhead and and, you know, I wasn't able to say the 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 argument such as which is which is something that I heard. Um, well, if you. Just just the mere mention of you talking about a list of black people is segregation. Don't you want inclusion? Why don't you include all sorts of developers or, you know, developers of all races and be inclusive? Um, So what do you say? What do you say to the people that that feel like they have something cogent to say? And you you know, this is your platform to just kind of say whatever it is that you want to say to them. 
you know, it's just funny how every time you try and talk to an under talk about an underserved group, it beca- now has to become about everybody. Yep. Like, have you ever noticed right. that? Yeah. Right. Like, it was like Black Lives Matter. No. All Everybody lives matter. matter. All lives right? matter. Right? Like, black developers. No, no. What about the white developers? You're just like, wow. Because it seems to me, when I look around, it seems like there's like a platform for all of these other people, right? And I'm talking about the people that don't have a platform. I'm talking about the people that don't aren't being served, right? And it was like, you right, can, right. we're already talking about the people that are being served. They're actually implicit like we don't have to mention them by name because they've already got all the stuff that they need and we're sort of naming these kind of things you know i mean it's like you know if you had someone sick in the hospital right you know and you're just like oh well we need you know i i I need like medicine or treatment for this my loved one who's sick in the hospital would you really want me jumping in and going whoa whoa, whoa, everybody's sick right so right no 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 we can't talk we can't talk about your sick relative no 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 shh shh we're talking about everybody now everybody speak at once right you know like like people people would would get pretty probably pretty upset about that you know and 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 if they're not then they might not care about their loved one as much as they might think right right you know and and that and that's it it's like i'm just speaking for i expect people to speak for their side of it right for Mm -hmm. people who just Mm -hmm. want the status quo well the status quo is already there and like of course you're going to advocate for it if you benefit from it already but I don't have to address it. Like, I don't have to be for the status quo that's not serving me. Like, that. that's just dumb. Yeah. To me, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I I, I think, like, one part in your um, tweet said Evans Dorified really connected with me, and I was wondering if you could expound on it a bit. So uh, you say... um, People get intimidated by representation, and I'm not saying it's easy, but I think a lot of people are intimidated by the wrong thing. People are thinking, how am I ever going to capture all this detail when they should say, what are the best parts to show or highlight? Design is plucking choice elements from the cold clutch of infinity. It is not something from nothing. It's something from everything. Good design is creating love and wonder from fragments not burying us under any every detail. And I was like, that is so awesome because <laughs> because like literally like one of the complaints I always hear is that, you know, we can't put everything in there. Like we're worrying about a, a, B and C that are core elements to the game and we can't worry about these other kind of fluffy things. So I was wondering if you could expound on that a bit, um, you know, based on your experience, um, you know, in the, in the gaming side. Oh yeah. I mean, Man, I've heard this so many times. So many. Oh, I'd love to do diversity, but I don't know where to start. Oh, there's all this stuff to do. And it's like, well, you know, well, for, I guess I'd have to pull out a quota checklist, right? You right. know, and like make sure I have a Chinese person and a, you know, this person and that person. Like, and and, right. <laughs> and it's really, you know, it's really weird because, you know, they'll, in a in a in a, in a with a status quo that already does a sort of diverse amount of sort of builds like a diverse tapestry within a limited palette. You're just like, well, you just widen the palette. Right. And, and build with that. like, you're not going to build with everything. 
every time, but you can sort of add it. And, and it's so funny because when people, I find when people decide they want to do it, it comes out awesome and effortless. Like, I don't know if you guys have played Mortal Kombat at X. Yes. Yes. But yeah. like, yeah. like I'm sitting there going through the story mode and going, why are you guys letting Mortal Kombat be the herald of because it does it it hits it nails it out the freaking park it's I agree. great I agree. Right? right and it's also like splatter core you know yeah. like you know goofy right. stuff and it's like like people are getting outdone by something that should not be outdoing them on this respect and and right. and, and you know credits to the to nether realm they did they did a great job right and they should should be a model and also shouldn't be right people who've making other games should be yes doing this um right so so yeah like it, it, it a lot of it is sort of like we already start from like like if you think of the work of sort of uh you know uh of graphic design right like you know somehow graphic designers have every like have millions of colors available to them but are able to for a piece take the right colors and put them together to make like a coherent graphic work right Similarly, in your game design, right. in the cultural part of your game design, you figure cultures that you think would be interesting to interplay with each other, right? Like, oh, I have this character who's going to come from this culture, and then that interacts with this other culture, and then there are these assumptions, and now these characters are going to have these dynamics here, and now we're going to take in that group of characters we have, um, this whole cool set of dynamics. Like a, another game that does this very well is um, in video games is The Walking Dead. Right. Yeah. Um, right. You know, right. Lee, Lee and like, you know, I mean, this is one of the most diverse games I've ever played. And it just always felt so right. People were like, oh, it's forced. And it was like, there's nothing. If you think there's something forced about right. The Walking Dead, it's just like you just need new eyes. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You right. know, uh, it, right. was, it was it was great and it was effortless. It wasn't a big deal. It's just picking right. your elements and seeing what's relevant about them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, that is, it, it's funny that you say that, you know, that you have to pick new eyes and, you know, one of the things that we're kind of going through right now as, as a nation mm-hmm. is, uh, the things mm-hmm. that are, the things that just transpired in, mm-hmm. in, uh, McKinney, Texas at the pool party, the teenagers at the pool party and, and, uh, you know, renegade Rambo cop barrel roll, <laughs> do a barrel roll. Um, and, and having people uh, come out and defend him, you know, first there were a couple of local citizens and then there was just a, uh, a principal in Miami who had to resign um, because he said some public statements where he defended the, the, the cop um, where we've, we've all watched the video um, at this point. I'm I'm sure everyone's seen it at least once, uh, probably multiple times. Um, this principle echoes basically the same statements that other people have said, which were um, this cop did the right thing. He was um, he he feared for his life. And, you know, those teenagers were out of control. Um, and and, you know, I, I, I just I sit back and I, I like I don't want to believe that like, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person that, hey, if I don't like you or if, you know, if I'm racist, I'll just come out and I'll say it. Hey, I'm racist. I just I don't like when people try to hide behind these 
this false logic that makes absolutely no sense when really the honest thing is, eh, you know, I just I kind of don't like niggers. So when they do shit, I just, you know, I'm going to probably side with the white person. Um, you know, got to say white um, <laughs> like that when you, when you talk about those types of things. But but, uh, you know, it, it's it's like that. It's when you when you talk about when you talk about The Walking Dead and you say, oh, well, well, the 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 diversity in that game was false. It's like, well, what what game were you watching? Right. What game were you playing? Right. Because right. there's nothing false. These are a group of people in a situation and, you know, like any group of people that could naturally wind up in a situation and, and, and just about any, especially in a major city, USA, you're going to have a diverse set of people around, um, you know, by and large. And, and so there was nothing forced about that. And, and, and there was, there was nothing that that officer was defending himself from, um, except for maybe common sense. Well, he was, he was defending himself. He was defending himself from his own story. Right. And that, and that's like what you find in like, is it's, it's one of the things that drives me a lot in, in the sort of work and in, in these rants I do is sort of like realizing, um, you know, like eventually, like, you know, when you're doing, like, when you're playing games like D&D and other, other uh, RPGs, uh, you're telling, you know, you're telling sort of stories to each other, right? Mm-hmm. But then right. in life, like, we're actually narrative-driven, right? Like, we all, all are hardwired to tell stories as part of the appeal of the games. But then we're, like, that guy was telling himself a particular story. And the people who were tell- talking the racist things to the kids beforehand were telling themselves a certain story and then they were going to verbalize and they were going to push situations like i think you know almost you know you you, i'm sure you guys and and, you know any other black person has had to have at least one situation where a white person has a story in their head about you and then they go Mm -hmm. about making it true yep right yeah like they 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 sit there and go blacks are violent so i'm gonna go sit here and curse this guy out right and like put my finger in his chest until we have an altercation then i'm gonna go see right right black people are violent absolutely right and then and then since black people are violent i'm gonna have to call now that i've started a fight i'm gonna have to call the cops and calm this guy down right because they're violent right and it's like you know you can you can make any story true that you want you know it's just you know, and it's just it's just a matter of devotion, and and that cop was devoted. <laughs> yeah. Like he he was sold on that. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know. Uh. You're you're absolutely right, and and what we're sold on here in Chicago is uh, bringing everyone dope music, and uh, so I think that's that's about it's about that time. Uh, here we are. Uh, I'm Stubby Stan. That guy over there is Sharif Jackson. Yep. That other guy over there is Quinn Murphy. This is episode 66 of the Spawn on Me podcast. We've got some dope music for you, and we'll be back right after this. Yeah. 
Cause the cash in the purse, guns blast in the hearse A vast universe, when the last is the first The past been the curse, I need some aspirin to nurse It's your casket in earth, but why ask when it hurts? A passionate verse, or some last minute work first The human body's a living fast in this dirt Puffing grass when it works, a vast in it birth But at last planet Earth, I giraffe in this verse in this verse Burning like gas on the torch Grasping the thoughts So no see past they front porch Mast in the smirk No doubt my class been alert Verbal splash for your first five giraffes in this verse Because of crooks in the game No one's acting the same Not mentioning no names Merely passing the blame Yo ass been in flames Since the cash went ka-chang Now you can't stand the rain When my crew bring the pain Through a masculine myth Who I constantly diss As I bond with the fish Understand we the fifth Platoon hit the dirt Wish you well, wish you worse Yo ass been a curse Five giraffes in this verse Bringing it back from the loss We have to report The trash on the chart Making you have to resort To leaving the record store Instead of quenching your thirst But at last planet Earth Five giraffes finish first Because the fast in the course, wife asking divorce Taking half of your cash, now you bask in remorse Turning rap into sport, I've mastered the part Cause the trash on the chart, need you gasping for art Now if you've mastered the art, I'm asking with force Cause the mass is your thoughts, to your ass is a course Cause the glass in the burst, unfasten your purse Give your cash to the court, five giraffes finish first Because the tricks of the trades, I'm a virtual slave A smirk will get raised once the pen hits the page While your thoughts are the stage and perhaps getting paid Relaxing in shade, time passing in days I'm searching for ways to avoid the charade Cause when voices are laid Choices are made Be not afraid People plastic on earth A verbal blast About the birth Five giraffe in his purse Welcome back to the Spawn on Me podcast. This is episode 66 featuring uh, Sharif Jackson and Quinn Murphy. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that music break. That was uh, the guys out of California, the collective uh, Jurassic Five with Jurassic Finish First off of their debut album, Quality Control. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that album and yeah. you're a fan of hip hop. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? You're doing it <laughs> yeah. wrong. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, just a just a fantastic album. Uh, really underrated crew. Mm-hmm. Two DJs, Newmark and Cut Chemist, four MCs. Just just a great group. Great, yeah, great, great, great crew. Group. Um, um, but uh, you know what else? We're a great crew, and uh, when you have a great crew. You got to do all sorts of really fantastic things. And one of those things, Sharif, is what do we have to do? Break it down. Break it down. All right. Now, the first bit of breakdown news is... uh. How Oculus today, as we record on Thursday, uh, just before E3, came out and showed uh, some of their Microsoft integration. Uh, They showed uh, a touch controller, 
they showed a bunch of really great things to kind of whet the appetite for the consumer for the Oculus Rift. Um, but they didn't show a price. Reef, what do you think about that? Oh, jeez. Oh, what do you think about that sneeze, Reef? Uh, <laughs> I thought that was in VR. That was a VR. Yes, sneeze. yes, exactly. Everyone, everyone could feel that. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, Reef, what do you what do you think about uh, the fact that, um, you know, uh, I guess kind of kind of take us through what Microsoft, uh, what they showed uh, in terms of the integration with Microsoft. Sure. And uh, and there, you know, and and I guess the touch, the the touch piece of that as well. Sure. So we know that Oculus has been like about two or well, actually three years by now. They've they've had right. their different iterations of their dev hardware. So it's been this kind of big ugly thing that's awesome. Like every time that I've used it, it's been awesome. But you know, it's not some. It's it's clearly not for consumers because it doesn't look nice. So, right. so the one thing I thought that they needed to nail at this consumer reveal, even more so than the price, was the look, the weight, and sort of how you put it on. You know, is it going to tire your head out after a couple of minutes? Because that, to me, is more important than how much it is. I mean, the price is definitely important, don't get me wrong. But, you know, in this era of sort of, you know, aesthetically beautiful tech products in like sort of this Apple, you know, sort of post iPod era of products that have to look good as well as function. Well, I thought that they really needed to nail it. Um, and I think they did. I mean, they showed, okay. you know, how it looks like you basically put it on, like you put on a baseball cap. So you kind of like slide it on the back of the back of your head first. Um, you know, um, you know, like I, I don't think they gave the actual weight of it, but they, um, from the way that, that they showed it, it's like light enough that like you could use it for like a long period of uh, time. Um, and they also showed that they have, um, integrated headphones on it, which is, you know, something that I think is really important because I think sound is really important to the yes, virtual reality yes. experience mm -hmm. as well um even as sometimes more so than the visuals um because like, you want to hear those things like whizzing by you know your um, head and like that kind of stuff um right. i think it's similar to seeing an imax movie where like to me the sound of imax is even more impressive than the visuals um of it so i'm glad that they did that and they also let you like you can replace those headphones with your own if you really want. So if you have some pair of, you know, $500 Bose, uh, like headphones or whatever, then you right. can kind of put those in. Um, and, uh, yeah, just the fact that, you know, it's, it's like covered in like sort of a fabric looking cloth. You, you know, it, it, it just has a nice look. It, it like looks like it feels comfortable. Um, and thank thank God for um, us three here on the show that it supports glasses, y'all. Nice. Um, because nice. because every time I use the dev version, I had to have my contacts in um, right. because it definitely did not fit my uh, my uh, glasses. Um, but the big news with the Microsoft stuff is that they're bundling in an Xbox One controller and a wireless adapter for it to work with with uh windows now nice interestingly enough the wireless adapter for the xbox one controller only works with windows 10 
So they're basically saying that you have to have Windows 10 to be able to use the full functionality of the Oculus um, right. with um, with the with the uh, with the PC. And I mean, they had Phil Spencer here at the announcement, which is pretty impressive. Um, and he basically, you know, he talked about that. Um, and he also said that you'd be able to stream VR versions of certain Xbox One games directly to the Oculus Rift. So even if you don't have a gaming PC, um, they're going to have like a VR modes for games like Halo 5 and stuff that you would be able to stream to the Rift. Now, I'll be really interested to see how how that will be performance-wise. Right. Um, But, you know, um, you know, I I think it's a cool idea. Um, I'm mainly looking at the Oculus from the PC side. I mean, to me, this is a PC device. Like, I, mm, I sure. don't think there will be much out of the Xbox One streaming, but I like that they're thinking uh, mm. ahead of the game because I do think that, like, this will take more um, of a uh, front-facing feature in sort of the next generation of um, consoles. And they showed a lot of mm. great demos. I thought Eve Valkyrie looked awesome, and it'll be available at launch. It looks like a really good space sim. Um, you know, um, they showed a little bit of Edge of Nowhere from Insomniac, not really a great amount, but, um, you know, I think Insomniac has proven that, you know, that they can deliver high quality games. So I expect kind of nothing less right. f- for them on, on that. Um, and they also made a big deal of announcing that, that they had some uh, funding that they were setting aside specifically for indie games um so they basically had about 10 million dollars that like they were using to help um smaller indie games um kind of succeed which i felt was a little weird because you know they were mentioning games like yeah so like uh, we we kind of want the next super meat boy or papers please which is what they specifically said at the conference right and I was like, well, one of the reasons those games succeeded was because anybody could play them. Whereas the Rift is pretty much only at this point for a very high niche um, sort of upper level of PC hardware owner. Um, right. Like you have to have, you know, a GeForce 970, which is like a $300 plus card. Um, and I think the, um, the, um, the, uh, equivalent on the amd side is like also uh, about 300 bucks so so just for the cards like uh, those are cards that most people don't have right so i find it interesting that they're talking about making these big kind of blockbuster small indie hits when they won't have the audience i think to Mm -hmm. you know really bring them in and it's weird to be looking at this early stage at like building some like lo-fi cult classic is like don't you sort of need to sell like the box like you know like the big box triple a titles yeah well i you know i i think part of that is i my guess is that the triple a's are not are i mean they're traditionally risk averse and i think they're waiting for this thing to be fleshed out and to be available Mm -hmm. to more people Mm-hmm. Um, because while this is exciting for us, like most people aren't going to be able to run this on the PC side. And I doubt that there's going to be that many VR Xbox One games that you can use it for that would justify somebody without 
a gaming PC to buy a Rift, which will, I'm guessing, at least a few hundred bucks. Um, right. That it'll be probably like 300, 400 bucks. So, right, right. So, yeah, I, I don't know if there'll be the justification for it if you don't have the PC. So, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I think that the. I don't know if they'll get those big budget triple A games early on, aside from the first party like Microsoft. Um, the first party Microsoft ones. Um, well, well, uh, what what do you think about the possibility of Halo Five coming to PC and having a huge uh, VR component utilizing the Rift? I don't think it will come to PC. I do think it will be on the One and will have and will stream to the Rift. Um, but I think sure. I feel like Microsoft has made it very clear that Halo is their console product. I mean, like Halo right. One was on the PC, <laughs> Two was like a Vista only exclusive game, and right. it was really a bad port too. Like Halo, right, right, ha- Halo right. Two on the PC is pretty bad. Yeah, um, and then they, <laughs> they just had made... really good multiplayer maps. Yeah, well, hey, I still every once in a while I will still boot up. Halo One on the PC and play it because there's still a big community on there still uh, right. s- still on Blood Gulch. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh. Oh. Yeah. 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 And and like there's all kind of hacks and custom maps and crazy stuff going on there. That's crazy. Um, esp- especially in the race mode, which I love a lot. And like Halo mm-hmm. One, it's pretty fun. Um, right. y- y- yeah. So I I don't anticipate them making halo 5 for the pc i think that like they're gonna say hey you can stream this to your rift you can get an xbox one and play halo so i think that especially given that they're behind in a units and the perception race to like sony i think that they definitely want halo to push consoles yeah yeah um i you know i can i can definitely understand that i i i I think I, I really like the fact that uh, that there's you know you're already seeing uh, this integration that we kind of talked about last week with uh, where where games will be can be streamed directly from your Xbox to uh, potentially your PC um, and, and you know via the Rift. So if you can stream your games from your console to the Rift then it makes no sense for you not to be able to stream your games from your console to your PC. And we already know that you're going to be able to stream your games from your PC to your Xbox once uh, Windows 10 integration hits. And I believe I've heard recently, I don't think it's official, but I think it's either late June or early or or late June or late July that we could start seeing Windows 10 uh, roll out to consumers. Yeah, it, so, it 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 rose out on July 29th. 29th. Windows yeah. 10 comes okay. out. Yeah. So um, uh yeah, so but yeah. but I would say so I was really excited for the touch controller because it's basically yeah. set up like a stress mm-hmm. ball um and it measures like the axis that your hand is on, like the pressure that you put on it and you could basically go and reach into the screen and grab things and move them around and huh you know, so I think that is the future really where this stuff can go because the guy on stage, he made a great point that 
every time you first put on a VR headset, just like the first time that you go to a 3D movie, you always, by instinct, just reach out, you know, even if you can't really touch it. It's like a human instinct. Mm-hmm. So, so to be able right. to, to, to take advantage of that, I think is awesome. Now, I think that they should pack this in as opposed to the Xbox One controller. Um, but I guess that they're going for the more classic feel for it. But I think mm-hmm. that this is really the true sort of development of VR beyond what we've seen right. before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think part of the 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 key to VR is the level of immersion that you're going to be able to get. And you know, that that is it's visual, it's audio, and then it's it's tactile and and not necessarily tactile in the way that you know that it literally means where you actually you're feeling things but the fact that you're able to use your hands to to ma- manipulate things in a digital space um that and you know the more things that you can do to involve your body in whatever it is that you're doing the more you're going to feel like you're actually doing it that that's what I'm saying is that I will be willing to drop money if I put on that headset and, and I see a thing on a table and I can reach out with this thing and grab it like that. Right. That to me is just that's revolutionary stuff. Right. In terms of game. How, the question I have for both of you is how long before someone is using this and they punch somebody directly in the face by accident? Oh, jeez. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like, 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 when are they going to release it? Like, I, I, th- right. I think basically, like, it's like a day zero. That that is like the that accident is like the day zero exploit. <laughs> just, gonna have just, 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 just face punching one on one. Like, you know, hey, we're just like, you know, I mean, if I get one of those things, it could be me because I'm a, I'm a klutz. Right. Like, I'm just going to be swinging around and like. <laughs> You're like, sorry, honey, um, you know. Was... Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's going to be like those early months of the Wii when you saw people right. smashing their yeah. TVs with the... Wehaveaproblem.com. <laughs> yeah, it's like totally going to be like that. I mean, it's it's going to be lamps on the ground. Right. It's going to mm-hmm. be right. like uh, pe- right. people's kids and pets getting black eyes. Right. Because you know it's like you know you know like once this hits like America it's like like Americans we're gonna like overdo it right like we're not just gonna like you know oh like you could be gentle with controls you could do this stuff and just like you know just just like with the Wii things just like you know you could just shake it gently but like no let's like swing it as fast as we can so when it slips it will not just bounce off something it will like break something right yeah it'll be it'll be it'll be fun. <laughs> America, right? America, America. America. Yes. You get, so you so you basically you got to get this stuff. You got to get a padded room or some bubble wrap, mm-hmm. and uh, then you know have at it. Uh, so <laughs> Quinn, so Quinn, you like this? You you think that uh, think, when it finally it's... is available, you're you're gonna get it? You're gonna pick it up? I I, I think that, so. I have a friend who has like a, a, a early like dev kit kind of uh, thing of it, uh, and he, uh, I haven't gotten a chance to use it, but he 
loves it. He speaks so highly of it um, that I'm just like, okay, I, I gotta see, I, I gotta at least see this. Um, so uh, I'm definitely when it comes out, you know, I mean, as long as they're not trying to to destroy my financial sense of well being with the price <laughs> of this thing, um, like uh, I'll, I'll probably pick it up. Um, and like play around with it and you know i i kind of like that they're starting off with the xbox controller um but yeah like i think i'll want to move on to the advanced controller as soon as soon as possible right right well uh you know speaking of moving on we're going to move on to the next story uh that was a segue Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah sort of um so, so Steam is doing something revolutionary um, in 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 certain ways, and and uh, Steam kind of does lots of revolutionary things. And I think the 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 next thing that they're doing that's that's kind of important to the digital digital landscape overall is uh, they finally implemented their refund policy. And uh, so the the refund policy kind of works like this. Uh, it's effective immediately, right? Yeah. Um, so so uh, the way it works is that you can get a refund for any game that you've purchased within two weeks of purchasing it as long as you haven't logged more than two hours on the game. Um, yeah. So as as a... As an overall thing, I think that's very, very good. I think it's it's great for um, it's it's great to keep. So you know, Steam doesn't necessarily need to do this, or or Steam doesn't necessarily have to worry about this. But I think it's it's great for uh, people on the console side if if we can get to see Microsoft and Sony and 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 even Nintendo start to adopt this policy or a policy very similar to it uh, for those people that are a little, uh, you know, hesitant, uh, reticent to, to jump into the digital downloading pool mm-hmm. um, to know that, Oh, well, if I download this game and I don't like it, um, I've got an hour and 59 minutes to play mm-hmm. it to really kind of determine, and then I can get my money back. And that's great. Um, uh, what do you guys think about the this this steam the steam refund policy? Um, and I guess we can kind of talk about any pitfalls that you may see. I know I know of a couple right off the bat. Uh, Quinn, what's what, what are your thoughts on it? And then um, right after that, we well, will go to Reef. Okay, um, you know, I mean, it seems it seems good. I mean, I, I mean, what what's important for them if they want to go further here and try really get sort of uh even deeper penetration for their their uh market here is they have to make as many people feel as comfortable as possible uh with it and so i think the refund thing um i think you have two weeks to like two hours within two weeks right isn't it right yeah yeah Yeah. um uh so you know that that's a pretty good grace period. I mean, I, I know I definitely have bought stuff on on Steam that if I could have taken advantage of the refund policy, I would. Um, would have been nice to have it a little while ago, <laughs> but you know I'll take what they've got got now. I mean, I I, I do wonder though um, 
if this can sort of cause problems for smaller companies that use steam, like that rely on steam, like if there's some sort of, you know, mass, you know, Hey, everybody bought this. And then like, if there is some temporary mistake or something, everybody returns it. And they're like, you know, funded and defunded, you know, within a couple hours of each other or something like that. It, it seems like it could from a publisher standpoint, make it more uh, volatile. Uh, cause it, cause it does it, does, does steam just automatically do it? Yes. So the publisher has like no say. This is Steam. This is all through Steam. Mm. Yeah, I don't that, know if that, the publisher gets any credit or anything like that, but this is like their policy for their store. Yeah, that 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 seems like it could be for for a you know like for a consumer. I think it's great for a publisher. I, I, I it seems like you might have some second thoughts about it. They might, but I feel like Valve. I mean, Steam is proof. They're kind of the the mm. only game in town. I mean, I know that there's yeah. Itch.io and there's you know obviously other stores, but in terms of you know they're still the the game store. So right. right. You you right. can't just say hey I'm getting off. I mean I mean like you can, but I think the sales that you would lose off that off not mm. being on Steam compared to the maybe some returns mm-hmm. it, you know it always wins out in steam's favor yeah right. <clears throat> yeah um, I, I i oh yeah go ahead go ahead reef i'm sorry no i was just gonna say i mean i think this is a long time coming i mean when uh origin launched their um when uh, electronic arts i should say launched mm-hmm. their digital store origin their huge big selling point was that you can return games you know so right. like, uh, they have this thing called the great game guarantee and they're always mentioning it. That's like, you know, it's like within seven days, I believe, um, or within 24 hours after launching the game, um, you can get a full refund. Um, right. Which, which they actually had to add after the SimCity debacle. Right. 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 The great uh, so, SimCity debacle of, uh, 2013 <laughs> right so uh, Val's policy is actually more generous um, I, th- I think it's super generous actually I'm really surprised that they're going for this two hours or two weeks because I can usually tell I don't like a game way before then right <laughs> you know um, the only thing with this the only thing that I can see and this isn't really Steam's problem this is more of a culture of how people buy stuff on Steam a lot of people don't play stuff as soon as they buy it, you know? Right. Like, it'll right. be some Steam sale, and they'll buy, like, you know, 10 games that are all, like, $2 right. each or whatever, and mm-hmm. they'll sit in their hard drive for, like, a year, you know, and then they'll play it. That's not just me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, um, that is that is everyone. <laughs> yeah, so I Steam can sales see going on right now, by the way. I, I, I already bought something off it. Um, (laughs) yeah, so I can see this applying to sort of the big budget triple A kind of releases like, you know, your Arkham Knight or, you know, or like uh, these kind of upcoming games where it's a huge release and it comes out and, and, you know, maybe, maybe it doesn't work or like a whatever. Um, one key thing is they said that you can do it for any reason. So like, you don't have to tell them why, like you don't have to justify it it's just if it fits that criteria they will give you a refund um, right which i think is, is 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 dope because hey it can mean that you pre-order it on you know this has happened to me i pre-order it on steam and then you know maybe 
a few weeks after that, there'll be some pre-order deal at some retailer that I want to, to take advantage of. But I can't because I already have a pre-order, so I could get the refund mm. and do it, you know. So, so um, yeah, I mean, I I like it. It's it's, it's a long time coming, um, you know. Um, I definitely see that it will be abused, so I hope that they, you know, keep their eye on that. I do think that there's a lot of these smaller games are, you know, going to get abused a bit because like people are going to play them and, you know, and just trade them back in, um, but. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure that they've calculated sort of a yield of people that are going to abuse it. So, right. um, I'm down for it. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, on a whole, I'm I'm down for it as well. And and you know, much like what you said, it's it's definitely a long time coming. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take some time to echo uh, some things that uh, our, our sisters over at Unconsolable said. Anna and Jessica, shout out to you guys. You got your fantro. I hope you use it. Um, so um, one of the things that they said specifically about this is what about those smaller games? What about uh, episodic games um, where where the game is meant to be beaten in you know, an hour and a half, two hours, um, you know, by all rights, mm-hmm. you could finish the game and then return it. And and what Steam said was that they'll they're going to monitor it, and if they feel like you're you're breaking the spirit of how this return policy was intended, then maybe they'll revoke your ability to use it, use that, use the return policy. And uh, unlike Anna and Jessica, who don't seem to have a lot of faith in Valve's ability to kind of police that type of thing. Um, I do. I, I really do think that they're, uh, that they, that they will um, make sure that, that they do police it in a, in a, in a responsible way. Um, you know, call me crazy, but I kind of trust valve. And I, and I think that they understand that their system, their, their network uh, steam is only as good as the community and the community really consists of their consumer base and the publishers that are willing to publish games for them, uh, publish games and, and put them on their system. And, and, and while Sharif is right that they really are for all intents and purposes, they really are the only game in town uh, when it comes to, you know, a, a, having a a great vehicle to kind of drive sales of your product, especially if you're a smaller, if you're a smaller game or a smaller developer. Um, if you feel like you're being taken advantage of, if you're a smaller developer and uh, you know, you've got a game that's two hours or three hours long and 90% of the user base is returning the game and you're not seeing any profits on it, then it doesn't make sense to be on Steam. And I think Valve realizes that. And they'll they'll be responsible and and, and really kind of police that going forward. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. What do you guys think? Do you, th- do you think, do you have faith in, in Valve doing that kind of thing, uh, Reef? Do you think that... Uh, They'll make sure that the smaller developers, the the smaller publishers out there, are are protected from uh, people trying to game the system. 
Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think that, you know, they announced it in their policy. I think they're going to back it up. I mean, I, I, you know, I think that they probably have some, you know, metrics or reports or whatever that automatically update them if, you know, some, some if one game has a really high return, you know, rate and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I think they'll do it. I think it will be more for, you know, their selfish reasons as opposed to really caring about the publisher, but... Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that that they will be on this because that's one of the few ways that it'll actually work, and right. and like be something that they can maintain o- over years. Right. Well, what about you, Quinn? What do you what do I you mean, think? I I mean, I think they'll they'll do a decent job with it, but it's it's one of those things that it's sort of. I think it's gonna vary how good they do with it. It's gonna vary in how much. Well, like, because they're just, you know, I mean, they're staffed by human. It's going to sort of uh, vary in how important it is to them. And that, and that I think, I think it's the sort of the danger and the slippery slope of kind of this is now that they're, they're, they're sort of controlling uh, both ends of your fate as a publisher, right? Like they, they, right. like they can, they can give it and they can now take it away. Right. On behalf of the consumer. Right. You know, they're not just taking away for nothing. Um, but, you know, uh, if there is some abuse in and there is some damage that it's doing to the model, like, you know, they'll, they'll, they're, they're going to look at it. But how fast? Right. You know, right. they're going to look at it. Right. But how long is that going to take? How many people do they have staffing it? You know, it's like like all of these sort of logistic questions are the things that sort of come to my mind. I don't think that they're looking to screw people over um sure but they they are sort of just human and have limited resources so like if they don't man it well enough then we could really run into problems where someone's like okay uh someone abused a system on me they caused me a lot of financial damage and you didn't get to it fast enough to keep like say my company from going out of business right right you know right. stuff like that all right. Well, you know, I mean, that's it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. how well, uh, you know, this this happens going forward in the future and and, and what it means for consumers. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I think Microsoft and Sony, hopefully, if they're smart, uh, will will take a look at what's happening, pay attention and kind of be reactionary and and look to implement this. Because more, you know, the digital digital stuff, digital distribution costs them almost literally nothing, and that means profits for everyone: profits for the publisher, mm-hmm. profits for the the licensee, which are the console manufacturers, um, and ease of use for for the consumer. So, um, you know, sales are good. And uh, speaking of good sales, we'll we'll get to our last story of the, of the week, and that is uh, that Splatoon, this little Nintendo original IP, which is which almost seems like an oxymoronic phrase, um, <laughs> is it has become the darling of the video game world, um, and Splatoon is. Dare I say, is it a system seller reef? Oh man, um, 
as I've said on this show before, I don't believe in system sellers anymore, so I would say no. Right. I, I don't <laughs> think that really exists anymore. I don't think you should ever buy a console for one game. Um, I do think that with the library that Nintendo has built up with the Wii U kind of slowly, but they've built it up, that Splatoon is a nice reason for people to get one and to introduce them to the rest of the library. I think it's a good launching off point. Um, so I guess in that case, yes. But I, I, don't know, I, always pu- I always push against it because I always think of it as like, you know, you should buy an Xbox for Halo. Or you know, or you should buy right. a PS2, a P, a, a, you know, you know, for for Final Fantasy, or whatever. You know, it's like, uh, but yeah, it's a really strong game, man. Um, and while we don't quite have the U.S. numbers yet, um, right. we we definitely know that um, it's been selling well from some kind of, you know, I've I've like seen some rough things from like uh you know from like pe- people that work at game stops and like saying that it's been sold out and like uh, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff um wow. but um but uh, th- there was an article in like Eurogamer that was talking about the um sales outside of the US um and they were saying how in Japan that the Wii U actually doubled the PS4 units for the past week um, wow. pretty much specifically because of Splatoon. Um, so, and that, so it is a system seller in Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for for a week. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and that in the UK that it debuted second to The Witcher 3 in terms of right. uh, sales. Wow. And like wow. obviously The Witcher 3 is a multi-platform you know, game that is available, right. you know, on the PC as well as b- both right. consoles, and right. it's developed second to that, right? So, right. so yeah, I mean, I do think that, you know, it has really kind of taken over. This is the first time I've really seen, probably since the uh, Luigi Death Stare stuff for Mario Kart 8, that I've seen right. a Nintendo game capture, I think, the ethos of the mainstream gaming coverage. Yeah. Um, because, like, podcasts that usually never talk about, like, Nintendo games or talking about Splatoon, right. you, you know, like, it's it's very interesting to see the uh, the reaction to it. And, like, pe- people aren't right. given the, oh, well, it's some weird, like, Nintendo thing. Like, uh, pe- people are actually having fun with it. Um, and, you know, it's just really... I've been playing it a lot, and it's really um, well-designed game that even with the lack of voice chat, um, the coordination and sort of the ideas behind what you do in the game and how people naturally fall into roles is pretty amazing. Um, wow. Yeah, so I you know, I know that you know some people have been buying Wii U's. I know that there's a person in a chat that we... Um, frequent a lot that you know is looking for a wii u because of what she's been hearing about like the game and yeah it's i think it's you know a really strong like success and i think that nintendo you know is gonna market this one through the roof and hopefully have lots of follow-ups and extensions and like all that stuff um yeah so yeah it's 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 the shooter that's not really a shooter (laughs) <laughs> um, I mean, they've essentially almost created 
in the way that Mario Kart 8 is a racer but not really a racer and Smash right. Brothers is a fighter and not but not really a fighter they've kind of right. created almost a new genre really of games almost I mean it's kind of right. a subgenre of shooter but it's its own thing which is pretty amazing and I think another huh. reason why Nintendo is just an incredible developer Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, you know, you know, another thing that this this Eurogamer article said that it was the fastest selling new franchise in the UK, which is uh, is a fantastic stat, but a very misleading one, um, because I don't I don't know. Um, has there really been a new franchise uh, released on the Wii U of note, except for maybe. Hyrule Warriors, um, which which of course, which of course is a is a um, Zelda derivative. Yeah, I don't know if that would count. The only thing that would count is, uh, you know, um, Zombie U. Yeah, um, Zombie U, right? Which was Nintendo, you know, Land, released with the with the console. Yeah, 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 and and, and a Nintendo Land. Right, um, right. I wouldn't count Hyrule Warriors. No. Um, and so, everything else has pretty much been. Like a sequel or a revit or a, or, or a revised version. So yeah, it's, yeah, that's true. It's uh definitely misleading, but you know, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. It is. Uh, but hey, but hey, they they they've been crowned something. They've already won an award. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, uh, bully bully for you, Splatoon. Uh, Quinn, what is what's your thoughts on Splatoon? Is it yeah. Is it is it something you want to go out and get? Do you have a Wii U? Or are you gonna buy a Wii U now to play Splatoon? Uh... Well, I, I already had a Wii U. I got uh, for me the system seller was Smash Brothers. Um, sure. Uh, I run I run Smash tournaments every Monday uh, at my uh, local comic shop there. Um, oh, so man. need to, we we have fun with it. I, I'm I'm terrible at smash by the way <laughs> this this smash brother was my first smash like i always oh, used wow. to sort of look like i you know like i play fighting games i play fighting games a lot i'm really hardcore into it um and i'd always look at smash and like you know see people like on streams getting hype about it and i'm like guys i'm not feeling it you know and then right. um <laughs> you know and, and it's weird because you can only really understand smash brothers if you've played it now that i've played it a bunch i understand why people get hype about it um right. but you know um i have that and a few other games for it um I, i'm surprised at how much play my wii u gets um i wasn't expect i was not expecting to do anything with it besides play smash um and i have like four or five games on it and splatoon it has to go on that list it's sort of uh to to address what sharif was saying before i think it looks like uh, it's like an anti-shooter Right. You know, and it's like it's sort of it's like it, it takes some of the it takes some of the tropes, um, the typical tropes and sort of throws them away. Right. Like, you know, like, right. you know, killing other people is like maybe the worst thing that you can do. Right. And then they right. take the sort of core of, you know, for, for me, the core of a lot of first person shooters really is like map control, board control. Right. Um, you know, ha- you know, and then they turn the board control into the entire game. Right. Of like, who's right. going to paint right. the more and who's going to hold control of the thing. They, they're just like, hey, this a lot of these games like, you know, and, and, and when you've played when you play these games at high level or when you watch them at high levels, it's almost always about like who controls the map best. Right. Because they, they can all shoot each other and they're just like, we're just going to make 
the game about the board control and then you have fun with that. And then we're going to wrap it up in cutie stuff and, you know, you can have fun. It's like, you know, it's this game that like, you know, I showed my wife a trailer and she's like, you got to get that game. Right. And my wife, <laughs> my wife cares nothing about shooters. Right. But right. she saw Splatoon and what it's about. And she's like, oh, that that's compelling. Like, like they've made a game that sort of steps out of the, the it's sort of genre clothing to something that actually everybody can look at and be like, woo, I won't play. Right. Huh. That's, so we'll that's amazing. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, 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 here is a spawn on me first. Um, I'm going to go on record and say that I want a Wii U now. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and here's why, uh, again, it's, it's not that Splatoon is a system seller, but there are now enough games like Sharif alluded to that allow me to say, Okay, it's worthwhile to own a Wii now. There are enough titles out there, and then with Star Fox coming out, uh, presumably at the end of the year, there are enough titles now that make purchasing a Wii U worthwhile. Here's the caveat: I still will not. I still don't think the console is worth the money that they're charging right now. I again, I still don't know what it is. It's still too much. So they need to lower the price. Uh, Two fifty, ten games, and a connect. Um, cool. <laughs> let's, let's. I think when it. you um, get it, you will be surprised at mm-hmm. how good the games look on it. Yeah, it's a pretty hmm. powerful machine. It's not a PS4 or Xbox One, but it is right. a pretty medium. Right. Like it's the the discrepancy between it and PS4 and 360 is way closer than the Wii and the 360 and the PS3. Like, mm-hmm. it looks pretty good. And okay. that's mainly because of the HD on it. But yeah. So it's... so you're saying you're saying the discrepancy, because you said the 360, you meant the Xbox One? So no, the discrepancy no, no, between I'm, the PS4 I'm, and the, so, and the so, Xbox sorry, One? I will, I will, I will, I'll restate it. The gap between the original Wii and the right. 360 and PS3, right. that was a large gap, I felt like, in right. terms yeah, of right. fidelity. Yeah. I think yeah, that sure. gap is much smaller when it comes okay. from the Wii U to the PS4 and Xbox One. Sure. Okay. Okay. But, uh, and, also, yeah, and HD. HD is definitely it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, too, it's like, I feel like, you know, like what they've done with the, you know, um, the DS. I don't know if you guys have a, a 3DS or not. Uh, uh, yeah, that, Reef's got it all. He's got, he's got uh, Amiibos. They're, uh, they're just on the outside of the camera view. <laughs> yeah. His girlfriend is, is, is covering, she wipes her tears with Amiibos. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the cool thing about like the DS is like they hit, they have these constraints, you know, it's always been this way with the Game Boy. It's like you have these constraints and then you sort of build sort of design within it. And what sure. constraints there are on the Wii U, I feel like the games that they have are designed to like, you know, like rather than trying to like go, well, you know, we need to make a, a game with less graphic capabilities. that looks like Bloodborne or something like yeah, they're like, right, no, right, right, we're going right. to take what we've got and make a beautiful game. With sure. what, we, what we've got. And so, so that's yeah. how they sort of build a lot of the games. So you have yes. beautiful looking games yes. uh, that yes. you never feel like it's a, um, a subpar experience because it's just right. not highlighting what it can right. do. 
Well, and that's, you know, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the, the genius and, and the tragedy of the, of Nintendo is they build consoles for their games. They are a toy manufacturer mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um, and the vehicle to play with their toys mm-hmm. are the consoles that they build. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, when they, when they, when they make the toys, they make the toys to play to play the best with the whatever the the vehicle is and and that's why third parties can't can't do anything with them because you know the third parties are trying to take their square peg and put it in Nintendo's round hole um and and it just won't fit in that round hole and uh and you know and Nintendo says oh okay well this is the size of our hole so we're going to make we're going to make sure that our toys fit directly in those holes mm-hmm. um i'm talking about holes a lot um so <laughs> but uh but you know i mean but that's that's the genius that is Nintendo um they they don't ever make a game that's too powerful for their system you won't you won't it's very rare where you'll get a game uh, a Nintendo game and you'll you'll say wow the frame rate really drops you know right. it, it starts to crawl or um you know it just the textures just don't seem right or or something to that effect they just you know the games are made to work on those systems period yeah like um you know like a one one that always impresses me with the design is a uh, Monster Hunter 3 Right. On um, right. uh, Wii U, like, and like the level design is so awesome. It makes the environments feel so good. Like, you know, like you, it doesn't, you know, you can you can tell the power, the difference in power machine. Like you, like I, I've been playing Bloodborne a lot, right? Um, and like the graphics on that, the scenery on that is just the most amazing thing I've ever seen, right? Like you can't, it can't do that. But then it's just like, oh, well, if we use like, if we like design this just right it's going to feel really cool and expansive and be just as wondrous with less graphic capability right. as mm-hmm. these equivalent sort of bloodborne type big vistas and scenes right so right. yeah so reef i've got a question um yeah, what what is the last cross-platform non-movie licensed game or like Lego t- style game that appeared on the Wii U. Now, now they really tried on the Wii to make that work and, and, and it just didn't work. But, you know, after um, the Batman stuff at the, at launch, was, what, can you, can you think of a cross-platform game that was on all three consoles, whether it be the 360 PS3 and the Wii U sure. or the PS3, uh, PS4, Xbox One and the Wii U. Yeah, I mean, the most recent two that I can think of is Watch Dogs. Um, Watch Dogs did finally come out on the Wii U. Yeah, it did. Um, really? I, I, yeah. And nobody noticed. Because they, they kind of snuck it in there. Um, right. And uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution. Um, really? Wow. Which was wow. Actually, I mean, that's, that's late in the game. Yeah, which is weird because they were originally saying that the Wii U version would be the lead version because of the tablet. Right. Um, and it actually has some pretty cool tablet integration on it. Sure. Um, you know, yeah, so, like, those are the last two that I remember. Um, and then, of course, they had, like, uh, 
Black Flag, Assassin's Creed uh, Four, mm-hmm. and and you know and the. And, and the, and then they had all those kind of older games when they launched like Mass Effect right. Three and right uh, right um, and Arkham Arkham City Arkham City and, yeah and, and mm-hmm. like all those right yeah then they have uh, wasn't uh, Dead Space was Dead Space one of them no there wasn't a, there wasn't Dead Space Three um, but 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 no I mean at the beginning I mean. People forget, but Ubisoft was a big Wii and sure. Wii U game maker. Yeah, until yeah. The beginning of this generation, they just dropped out, you know. But right. like, they made a ton of Wii games, and like for the Wii U, you know, they started off with a decent amount, but then they just uh, pittered out, and then kind of just kicked Watch Dogs out there, like uh, whatever. Right, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> they need to, they need to get some sales and and. Uh, get some more sales with watchdogs wherever they could um you know it it, it didn't do well and they, they still need to justify that justify that series so that when watchdogs 2 gets announced uh they can say hey look we sold x amount of copies of it um <laughs> but uh but i i think i think that's where we're gonna lead you we're gonna leave you on a on a positive note with with watchdogs and watchdogs 2 and ubisoft oh uh, <laughs> and, and yes, and and say uh, uh well, well, I I will say shout out to Ubisoft Montreal. They we received a really really nice tweet from them uh, regarding some of the things that some of the criticisms that we've had about uh, both uh, both Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed and and uh, you know I I will say that we. We are critical of you because we love what you do. And and I kind of said this before. We love what you do and we want you to be better, be as as great as you guys possibly can be, um, both for both for you as an organization and and for us as consumers. Um, So um, and with that, I will say this has been. Uh, the Spawn on Me podcast episode 66. Um, I want to thank Quinn Murphy. Uh, I want to thank Sharif Jackson. Uh, Quinn, thank you so, so very much for, for coming and spending time with us in such short notice um, and telling us about everything that you're doing. Um, we're going to be playing some some tabletop games in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is going to be dope. Five fires is going to happen. Nice. Uh, Quinn, Quinn, um, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and uh, how they can follow you and and find out about all the great things that you're working on? Thanks. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on. This is, this is so much fun. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, at QH underscore Murphy. Uh, I, you know, I, I do bomb timelines in the morning, so just be careful <laughs> there. Um, and, uh, then, uh, my, uh, blog is thoughtcrimegames.net. And, um, I write there. It's a little, little unloved now, but the archives are, are, are there and some interesting stuff. And I have, uh, if you like some of the, games that i'm making and uh you might want to check out my patreon um it's just patreon.com slash quinn uh the joy of nice. early adoption <laughs> use my game in the url um and uh you know i'm making i'm making games and stuff there so um th- those are my main places right now 
Nice, nice, nice. Uh, Reef, um, why don't you give your social media business for, for the folks? Sure. Um, so you can find my website at sharifjackson.com. Uh, S as in Sam, H-A-R-E-E-F as in Frank, uh, jackson.com. Uh, that'll basically link you to everything. My science blog, science looks good. The gaming YouTube videos, gaming looks good. Uh, my podcast, Operation Cubicle, as well as all the other podcasts that I've made guest appearances on um, and all the Twitters and Facebooks and LinkedIn's and all that where I'm under Sharif Jackson. Um, also, as I mentioned earlier, if you want to just follow the, the gaming stuff on Twitter, you can follow at Gaming Looks Good on Twitter as well. All right. Well, um, I will uh, give our social media business. Thank you very much, Ka. Um, <laughs> so, our social, <laughs> so our social media business is as follows. The show is at Spawn on Me on Twitter. Um, our great captain is at Kajakins. That's Khalif Adams. Me, the fumbler and stumbler and bumbler of words. I am Cicero Holmes. I am at Stubby Stan on Twitter. There is no more site. So if you were following at uh, Spawn Point blog, uh, stop following that and just follow at Spawn on me. Our new site is Spawn on dot me. Uh, don't forget Dan the Robot at Dan the Robot and our network home at ESN FM on Twitter. Um, if you want to follow our Facebook page, it is uh, the Spawn on Me podcast on Facebook. And uh, let's see what else do we have. Uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher and uh, all the favorite, you know, Overcast FM and, and Player.fm. Um, you know, all the great places where you find, find your podcast normally and, uh, on iTunes and, and all of those places, make sure you rate and review. We've gotten some really great reviews. Uh, thanks so much for those. We can use some more so that we can get on the front page of iTunes and really experience that meteoric rise that you know that Bricago needs. Um, so yeah, go right ahead and do that. If you want to leave us a message, uh, you can at speakpipe.com slash spawn on me. Uh, emails is uh, somewhat of a stickler right now. Now you can try feedback at the spawnpointblog.com, but I'm not sure if that works. Um, but wow. uh, you can you can email you can email me directly, Cicero. That's C I C E R O uh, at the spawnpointblog.com. That definitely still works. Um, so if you have any questions or comments or what have you, uh, just go right ahead and do that. Um, and uh, buy our merch is at redbubble.com. Search for Spawn on Me. And uh, remember to check out my stuff at Hit the Pass uh, on hitthepass.com and at Hit the Pass on Twitter. Um, also, uh, I would say to pay attention to our Twitter pages, um, uh, specifically my Twitter page, when the show releases or before the show releases, uh, last year we had a Google Hangout right after the press conferences. Um, this year we may wind up doing the same thing. Ooh. And we may do it a little bit bigger and better than we did last year. We may do a live one with a panel and have audience participation. Um, so that's a thing that may happen. Uh, and it may be Tuesday night. Um, after all of the press conferences are over. 
So uh, look out for that. Uh, it'll be on Twitter. Um, and uh, I think that's it. Um, also, uh, yeah, if you are going to be there, um, make sure you are not at work trying to call into the show like Esper Kid Goku did. He said he wanted a shout out, so I just shouted him out. Esper Kid Goku, if you're going to be on the show, uh, the the live show, uh, take the day off from work. I love you, brother. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that's it. That was episode 66 of the Small Room Me podcast. I want to thank you, gentlemen, very much for coming. And uh, uh, I, I wish Ka Godspeed in, at E3. Enjoy yourself, bro. And uh, we'll see you when you get back. And until then, we'll say peace. 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 Peace.